Live from the Great White North, this is the Canadian Investor, where you take control of your own portfolio and gain the confidence you need to succeed in the markets. Hosted by Braden Dennis and Simon Belanger. Ding, ding, ding. The picks are in. The Canadian Investor Pod Index. We are announcing the 27 companies. Thank you so much for your submissions. We've had a wide, wide range of companies from consumer staples to hot tech to real estate. We've got a bit of everything. So um, some new names, some names that you're familiar with, some that you might never have heard of. And uh, this is very, very exciting for both Simon and I. So Simon, are gonna, we're going to go back and forth uh, roughly on some of these companies, we're going to talk about them no more than 30 seconds because we will be here for hours if we, uh, if we went longer than that. So without further delay, Simon, what was your first take when you saw some of these companies? Were you surprised? Were there some names you hadn't heard of? Uh, give me your thought process. Um, yeah, so when I first saw it, uh, overall, I mean, some companies I expected to see on there, some companies I was a little surprised, some companies I'd never heard of them. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting just to, to chat about them, but more, um, you know, as time goes by and just comparing the returns to what the, uh, let's say, S&P 500 or S&P TSX will be, uh, that'll be interesting just to see those returns. Uh, some picks, I mean... Definitely, I would not add them in my portfolio, but hey, this is what it's for, right? So it'll be uh, just fun to see what the returns are. Yeah, it's going to be really fun. On the next episode, I'm going to give some backtesting results to see how it's performed uh, at least this year and as far back as I can go. Uh, depending on when they all IPO'd, it definitely changes how far I can go back. So we'll see what that data brings. I'm going to do that next week um, and bring that to you. So we will provide an update on how the index is doing. I think this is a really cool uh, thing to do. And it, it'll be interesting to see how it performs against the TSX and the S&P. Um, there's some Canadian names, some U.S. names, but uh, let's go into it. Simon, 30 seconds. We can give a hot take or not. Uh, some of them we obviously know a lot better, uh, naturally. So the first pick... Uh, to no one's surprise that it made it in the list. Needs no introduction. That is Shopify, Canadian tech darling, uh, you know, battles it out with RBC, uh, depending on the day, as Canada's biggest company and the TSX's largest listing at uh, well over $100 billion in market cap. Provides a solution between business uh, to Give an e-commerce platform. You can develop an e-commerce platform idea and execute on it within 24 hours easily with Shopify, and they've done tremendously well. All right, next pick, a name that you probably also know, TELUS, ticker T, is the large telecom. Uh, they share an oligopoly, of course, with telecommunications networks here in, uh, in Canada. This pitch was primarily based on they think that uh, TELUS has the best customer service. Um, and I will also add that their tele, that their, um, not telehealth, but 
um, software for clinics across Canada has done very, very well. While the other telecoms went into sporting arenas for the most part, they went into health. So that software we've seen in clinics and hospital across the country. Yeah, so it's right. Telus Health. Yeah, you were like Telus Health. I, I, yeah. I was gonna say Teladoc because <laughs> of that names. All we always talk about it. Um, but yeah, Sam, you want to give us the next one? Yeah. So the next one is uh, Fairfax uh, Holdings. Uh, so Fairfax is an insurance company, uh, an insurance company that a lot of people kind of compare it to uh, Berkshire. Hathaway of Canada. I'm not sure I really agree with that though. Um, so I guess the reason they compare it is uh, the CEO is Prem Watsa and he uh, uses a lot of the money to the, the flow that's used for the insurance. So some of basically the spare money that they don't need to keep as reserves for the insurance and they'll do bets so they'll invest in companies. Uh, most recently in the past few years, they've invested in BlackBerry and they're the ones that are backing the toy uh sorry, the uh, toy store, um, Toys R Us in Canada. So the reopening of those stores were backed by uh, Fairfax Financial. So whether, you know, those are going well or not, I know the returns have not been good for Fairfax. Um, so that's kind of just a, in a, in a gist what it is. Yeah, I, that Berkshire of anything, fill in the blank, is being thrown around more than ever uh, from what I've seen. Uh, but yeah, They've been definitely compared to Berkshire of Canada. All right, uh, another one. I promise I didn't put this one in the list, but I probably would have if it wasn't already here. This is Eng House Systems, the Markham, Ontario, Canada-based conglomerate of software companies, high recurring revenue, very fast dividend growth. And um, a squeaky clean balance sheet, literally zero debt. They take tons of cash flow and uh, buy new businesses. They're in some great spaces. They just released probably one of the best quarterly reports I've ever seen in my life for Q2, uh, which is you know the success of their telemedicine and communication software platforms that are obviously doing very well. A management came out and just said it. COVID is great for business. All right. Uh, the n- Oh, Simon, you got the next one. Yeah, next one. So uh, ticker CHD, Church and White. Um, some of you might not be familiar with it. So it's a consumer staple company uh, listed in the U.S. Um, you might be familiar with some of their brands, Harm and Hammer. And I think, Brayden, you mentioned uh, Trojan Condoms. Uh, but they're, they're a big uh, conglomerate for that. Obviously, those are just two examples of their brands. Um, pays a small dividend. Um, very stable company probably won't outperform the market per se but if the market drops that's the type of company that should be pretty resilient in that kind of environment yeah the consumer staples is good uh big big brand big uh network of brands and uh, thank you for pointing out that uh i did mention they do have trojan condoms all right next one is stella jones this is a company that meets my screens all the time, but it is a primarily commodity-based business, forestry. However, they do really well with um, telephone pole lines. Uh, you know, you with that pressure-treated wood. Uh, not much more to say about the business other than for for what it is. They've been a tremendous performer and a tremendous uh, dividend grower. So 
whatever they're doing there over there, the management has been has been doing it well, and uh, it's been a really really good growth story. All right, moving on. Brookfield Asset Management ticker BAM dot A, uh, which you know you can buy BAM both on the TSX and the New York Stock Exchange. And uh, BAM kind of needs no introduction. We've talked about BAM so much. They have four main businesses that all they have a controlling stake in all of them. And then additionally, they have $350 billion in bearing capital that Brookfield Asset Management does on their own. So this is a manager of real assets, infrastructure, renewable energy, and uh, real estate. As a side note for uh, yeah. BAM, it probably has one of the best tickers out there. So hey. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely has the best BAM. I mean, what it's incredible. Um, okay. The next one is ticker CSU.to, also listed on the NYSE, though. Uh, CSU is Constellation Software. Oh my God, what a compounder! This has been for shareholders over the last decade. Oh my God. Uh, you know, thousands of percents we're talking about in gains and uh, a 22% year over year for the last 10 years, compounded annual growth rate on their free cash flow, uh, crazy margins, super high return on invested capital. Uh, and they are essentially, dare I use it, Berkshire Hathaway of technology companies. Okay. They buy. <laughs> I, it was more of a joke, but people, I, I people, I hear them say this about CSU all the time. Um, <laughs> what an incredible uh, performer! Very, very highly valued. Uh, I see it trading at eighty times earnings more often than not. Uh, but hey, they are going to be able to continue to use that ca- free cash flow continue to uh, buy more software companies, boost free cash flow. I would be a little hesitant about the organic growth of that kind of valuation, but uh, hey, it's been an incredible company and and one that people want to own for a long time. Okay, so the next one is uh, Afria. Uh, So it's listed on both the uh, TSX and in the US as well. Uh, So that's one of the uh, bigger marijuana players in Canada. Um, I think you guys may have remembered we had an episode where we talked about EXO. Um, So marijuana in general has been really battered. Um, It's still pretty risky, uh, mainly because Afria is still losing quite a bit of money. Um, And we do have another weed pick uh, or marijuana pick uh, that was given to us for the index a bit later on. I'll talk about it. Uh, But for me, I mean, there's definitely some growth that's going to be in the marijuana industry as a whole. Um, Personally, I am thinking of building a little basket, uh, marijuana basket companies, uh, pick four or five of the best ones and kind of see how it goes as a small portion of my my portfolio. Um, so that just a side note on Afria and the marijuana industry as a whole. Um, I don't know if you heard that, Braden, but the uh, Ontario Cannabis Store said that uh, from February to March 2020, their sales increased 80% online. So I guess uh, people were stocking up on uh, weed or marijuana products uh, when the pandemic started. Very interesting. Uh, one that at legalization, an industry I wouldn't touch with a 10 foot pole at 215 times sales for these kinds of companies. But don't ignore this industry. Obviously, marijuana, weed growing very, very fast. 
no pun intended on that. Um, but Afria is probably one of the better names in the space. I will say that. Okay, so the next one is JD.com. So JD.com is a Chinese company that's listed on the U.S. Uh, stock exchange through an ADR. Uh, an ADR is an American deposit receipt. So basically it gives you an ownership of the company, even though the uh, the company is based in another country, uh, in China in that case. So JD.com, the best comparable, and it's much smaller, but the best comparable is probably Amazon um, that people will be familiar with. So they do a logistic delivery of goods. Um, some people might be more familiar with Alibaba, but really JD.com has a really good uh, logistics um, distribution and all of that in China. Um, so it is a company I've owned in the past. I've had good returns on it. I do not own it anymore, but definitely an interesting play. Um, I will just say about Chinese companies right now, there's a lot of talk in the US about potentially uh, forcing uh, foreign companies, uh, more regulations on them. Um, and a lot of people think that that could eventually lead to Chinese companies uh, choosing to list elsewhere. Whether that comes to fruition or not, uh, I know, who knows? Uh, but there's always more risk in Chinese companies because they're not audited um, like uh, U.S. and Canadian companies. So that's always something to consider. You got another one, brother. Okay, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I was waiting for you, and I'm like, oh no, that's right. Uh, my next. One. <laughs> I got no so comment <laughs> on JD. It's it's okay. it's a it's a well-run company. Very impressive logistics in China. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's just, you know, just buyer beware that, uh, you know, you always have that risk with Chinese companies. Um, so the next one is AQN.TO, so list in Toronto, Algonquin uh, Power. Um, so Algonquin, I am a power and utility. I'm f somewhat familiar. So it's a utility um, business. They do have hydroelectric, wind, solar power. Um, they do have, I believe, assets across North America. Um, are they, Braden, do you know if they're listed on the U.S. stock exchange or just Canadian? I believe they are. I believe they are. Um, I'd have to look. They, they operate subsidiaries under the name primarily of Liberty. Liberty Utilities. Okay, and those, like, it's a utility, so those will generally be, be fairly safe. Obviously, they do carry a fair amount of leverage, uh, pays a nice dividend upwards of 4%. Um, so those are the type of companies, again, I was talking about consumer staple, but utilities as well. They tend to do pretty well if the markets are quite volatile. They'll be fairly stable. Whether they exceed the market return remains to be seen, but definitely a really good play for those who are interested uh, in receiving a nice dividend. Yeah, I just looked it up. They are also listed under ticker AQN on the NYSE as well. All right, next up, Canadian Apartment REIT, ticker CAR.UN. Uh, an incredible, incredibly well-run real estate investment trust in the apartment space, uh, just as the name suggests. So they are in residential real estate and they have been an incredible dividend grower, uh, which the correct term is actually distribution on a real estate investment trust. But uh, for all, all intents and purposes on here, they have been a very good dividend grower and the growth has been really, really nice. Here's a, one little thing I'd like to add. The amount 
of property that they own outside of the main hub cities, just like an inter-rent REIT, very, very similar. We're actually seeing a very interesting trend in just outside of hub cities where during COVID, the prices are actually increasing heavily on the outskirts and people moving out of the downtown core because they don't need to be there. Their office might not be returning. Um, and prices going down a lot in the central part of the main city. So very, very interesting. That could be uh, something to consider as, uh, as we move forward. Yeah, that's a that's a good one. Just my uh, two cents on it. Uh, in my perspective, it's the best uh, apartment real estate trust listed on the TSX. Uh, has the lowest leverage of all the other ones that are listed on there. And that is one that I bought uh, in March. I started a position in them. Yeah, for sure. If you're going to own one REIT, I mean, you, Canadian apartment REITs probably top the list of, of most people. All right, next one. Also needs no introduction. CN Rail, they have owned the rail infrastructure across North America for 100 years. And they'll own the infrastructure in the ground, the backbone of the economy for, I believe, another 100 years. Very, very good compounder, well-run company. And um, yeah, not much more else to say about that. I think you're looking at pretty good returns uh as there have been very good returns for investors over the long over the long haul um and dividend investors the the yield looks low right now but that's because the share price keeps increasing but they keep increasing that dividend year after year so um yeah i look at this as like a toll booth type stock where they uh they're just an essential part of the economy and they they collect their revenue um you know at all times you got to think if uh, if parts are slowing down in terms of transportation during a recession who knows uh i just look at this company like you know the valuation has always looked rich cp's valuation has always looked more rich but that's cuz you're paying for the stability uh recession proof type incredible business and uh, their infrastructure will be in the ground for the next hundred years. All right. Uh, Next one, Air Canada, ticker AC. Uh, Wow. It's been an interesting week for airlines, no doubt. Um, I see that Air Canada is very, very volatile these days to be expected. People are looking to pick up airlines as potentially air air traffic increases. I will be very, this is just a comment from me, is we've already given our full analysis on Air Canada. And for me, that has not really changed because I still don't see a clear path to flying again. But what I will add is that you'll see some funny headlines that come out and go, Air travel up 78% in June already compared to to May. And it's like, well, the baseline is already so low that, okay, now they're operating from 4% of flights to, you know, 6% of flights. Or, you know what I mean? Like, it's not... So there's a way to skew that math for the headline that doesn't tell a real story for (laughs) returning to air travel. Uh, so, I mean, I love the speculation on this. Air Canada has 
been an incredible performer before COVID, uh, and we've already talked about it enough. So I think I think that's good. Sam, do you have any comments on that? Uh, no, I was just gonna make a joke. Uh, I've got someone who's uh, bargain basement uh, shopping, but uh, yeah, it's um, same same for you. I totally agree with that. You have to be careful with the headlines. Uh, if it's yeah, it's a big percentage, but if it's from a small base, you know, it can can be a, up a hundred percent. But if the base is so small, it doesn't mean anything. So just make sure you don't read the, just the headlines and you dig a bit into it as well. Yeah, well, well said. All right, next is ticker DCBO, and I hope I'm pronouncing it right, Decebo. This is a company that Simon and I both looked at this list and went, whoa, very interesting. Um, it's been a very good performer during COVID because they do learning management systems software, which they're calling LMS, learning management system. And talk about tailwinds for an online learning management system for governments and uh, corporations and schools. So very interesting pick. The growth has been amazing. So maybe you want to, to put on your watch list. I don't have a whole lot of insight on it yet, but as we learn more about some of these new names in the index, we will uh, be talking about them more, I'm sure. So uh, the person who wrote this one in, his pitch was, thank me later. Ballsy, <laughs> and I like it. I like it. All right. Next is another software company, uh, Descartes Systems Group. And DSG, what a beast they have been as well. Holy smokes. They do logistics software and the amount of value that a company like this a similar company is Canaxis so Descartes and Canaxis are both logistics companies that provide software for different companies to optimize their supply chain so they provide deep deep insights and very very valuable information for their customers so uh, just look at a five-year financial statements on on ticker dsg and oh my gosh uh yeah very very well-run stock you're looking at a pretty high multiple but um that's to be expected you want to okay, fire off the so, next one here Simon? yeah yeah definitely so uh the next one uh, the other weed company so weed.to so i'm sure you guys are familiar canopy growth um, so Canopy is probably, I think it is, it's the largest in Canada. Um, the one thing I do like about Canopy is backed by uh, Constellation uh, brands in the U.S. Constellation owns Corona Beer and amongst other brands. So they do have some solid financial uh, backing from Constellation brand. They're not majority shareholders, but I think they own about 35% or so. So they do have a lot of say. They have board members as well. So um, Canopy Grow, definitely one that's interesting. Thing. On a side note, they're still burning a lot of cash, like most uh, marijuana companies. So that is something to keep in mind. Um, any comments on Canopy, uh, Braden? No, another one that uh, needs no introduction. A very, uh, they were the talk of the town at one point, uh, right before legalization. And yeah, um, yeah. 
Yeah, and they're based uh, not far from Ottawa in Smiths Falls, so um, that's their their head office over there. Um, so the next one is C H W Y. So Chewy, Chewy. I mean, if you think about it for a second, you probably can guess what it is if you've never heard of it. Um, so Chewy is a um, company that's uh, majority owned by uh, PetSmart. So they deliver. Um, they're an online company that delivers pet food. Um, so obviously, well, what's going on with COVID-19 I think uh, that was one of my picks so I think it's uh, there's a lot of tailwinds I do not own it in my portfolio they are still losing money but their revenue as you guys can imagine is growing quite quickly and it's a space that I know Amazon has been um, they've been delivering dog food but they have not been as efficient as Chewy has been uh, and I mean rightfully so obviously when COVID-19 happened they had to focus on the uh, goods that were deemed essential so the delivery times were not as good but it's definitely one that I'm intrigued and I'll be interested in seeing how it goes um Brita, any comments on that one i think i'm hungry because you said what comes to mind when it's chewy and you're like obviously pet food i was thinking of those chocolate <laughs> granola bars the whole time so um yeah <laughs> no uh, it's it, it's been a, a very very fast growing company I think the pet industry is just super, super lucrative. People love their pets. They're willing to spend crazy prices on their pets. And hence, the margins are always pretty nice. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, for I have a dog and obviously I know a lot of people own pets and it's, you know, it's part of their budget to obviously keep their pets alive. Um, so the next one I've talked about before, again, it's my pick, uh, Pinterest, so uh, ticker is pins. And just as a side note, I'll be putting all the, uh, the tickers in the uh, show notes. So if you guys just miss some, just look at the show notes, you'll have it. So Pinterest, I think everyone should be pretty familiar with them. They're, um, what I, why I really like them is you go on Pinterest, uh, pers- like your purpose is to find things. So you go and search um, so they can really target ads to what people are looking for. And I think there's a, a big runway in terms of revenue uh, for Pinterest. They have only started to begun to monetize it. Um, it's still trading at a pretty frothy valuation. So just keep that in mind. But I can see Pinterest having a lot of tailwinds in the future. Um, I like that. I like that frothy valuation. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I like that term. Oh, we have a few more coming later. So, uh, um, so the next one, the next one is uh, BEP, so Brookfield Renewable Partners. Um, it's one that I own. It's one that uh, is a big part of my portfolio. I think it's uh, close to ten percent right now. We've talked about it before. Um, so it's renewable energy. It's uh, part of the Brookfield family. Uh, pays a nice little yield. Um, they continue to be uh, acquiring assets that they find uh, at attractive valuations. Later this year, they will be closing the uh, transaction with Terraform Power. So they already own a controlling stake, but they'll be essentially incorporating the rest of Terraform into the uh, Brookfield Renewable Partners uh, companies. Um, Yeah, so I mean, I think that kind of gives it an overview. Any comments on Brookfield, Brayden? No, uh, it does pay a nice little yield there for for dividend investors. They've been acquiring parts of Northland and, and Terraform. Uh, which have both been also also awesome renewable energy companies. Lots of uh, lots of room for growth in this, as as we, uh, especially across 
globally and Brookfield has the has the footprint right so globally the opportunity for renewable energy is absolutely massive exactly um so i think you're you're up next next is uh one we talked about on the podcast last week spotify not to be confused with shopify spotify's ticker spot and you might be listening to this podcast on spotify right now if you want the full analysis, go to the last episode and go to the end where I talk too much for 20 minutes and tell you why you should consider Spotify, even though they are pre-earnings, pre-cash flow, they're very, very close to an inflection point. And uh, wow, talk about runway for them, dominating audio, taking so much market share, subscription, advertising, data. All three of those pillars, I think, are working for them really, really well. Have you started a position in them or not yet? It's all on your radar. There's uh I may have a position in it. Okay. <laughs> I have a position. <laughs> I do. I do have a position in, in Spotify. It's not part of the Stratosphere Fund. I have I have another little uh little account that me and my buddies all uh we do like stock pitches. And uh, I clearly won that one because uh, I think I think my pitch of Spotify was enticing enough for the boys to be uh, committed. But uh, yeah. So the uh, the next one is one that I'm not as familiar with. Ticker PIF, which is Polaris Infrastructure. Uh, thank you, Travis, for this one. You sent it in buzzer beater right at the end there. One of my longtime Stratosphere members, great guy. So thank you for this pick. He thinks that it's super, super undervalued uh, based on a cash flow perspective. I have pretty much nothing else to add other than an infrastructure company. They do power uh, and utilities. Actually, so, I do yeah. have, um, now that you're talking about it, I didn't, didn't clue in it was Polaris infrastructure. I thought it was something else. So I am a little familiar with it. The one big risk with this company is uh, its main plant is located in Nicaragua. Um, and there's a lot of, uh, let's say, uh, political uh, uncertainty over there. So I think I'd, uh, it, I picked it up in one of my screens a few years ago, and I had the same uh, same feeling as him that it was it looked undervalued. Um, so that would be the biggest reason, I think, that why it's undervalued, because there's a lot of uh, uncertainty when it comes to the political regime over there. Well, I'm glad you just came in and saved the day because I had uh, no idea about that. And so, Travis, if you have it, listen to Simon. We'll track it here in the index. But uh, Godspeed, brother. All right. Next is MasterCard, ticker MA. This was one of my picks into the index. I don't think MasterCard and Visa are getting enough love as, like, covid thriving stocks uh data came out from them that spending was way down but visa and mastercard were like only like a few percentage points down so what does that mean cash is dead absolutely donezo covid has sped up some trends that i think we're going to take five to ten years into three months and the cashless society being one of them, the amount of runway for MasterCard 
in North America, Europe, South America, Africa, Asia is absolutely bonkers. And uh, I think it's a must own for the next decade. So next one, well, I mean, I can't disagree. I can't disagree with that. I think, uh, yeah, cash is, is I think, going to be phased out even faster. It's just, um, yeah, especially with, uh, with COVID-19, like you said, I think it's going to happen a lot quicker than we originally thought. Um, so next one is D ticker DLR. So digital realty trust. So that's one of my picks. Um, the reason, well, digital realty trust is a real estate investment trust. It's a REIT. Um, it is a data REIT. So there's big tailwinds for DLR, um, in terms of the amount of data we're, we're consuming, everything's on the cloud. Um, and there's a few of them in the U S that are listed. Unfortunately in Canada, you can get like exposure to uh, data reads but it's usually i know uh, for example brookfield infrastructure partners has some data reads but it's only a small part of their business um, but this one's a pure play data read um, they, i mean it's pretty obvious to see the trends there and dlr is really um, has a really good balance sheet for uh, those type of reads as well so that's why i chose that one over core site or uh, some of the other big ones i think equinix a big one in the states as well um Brayden, any comments on that one? No. Uh, when I was looking at the ticker, I, I thought it was something else, and then now you've reminded me about uh, about this company. Very interesting from a real estate investment trust perspective. They're in the right space. This is the kind of real estate that I'm interested in, so I like this pick. Yeah, and pays a nice little dividend. I think uh, today it dropped a bit, so it pays around that 3.5% dividend. Um, so the next one is the, uh, I guess, the industry of uh, uh, morbid industry. So PLC.to, I've talked about it uh, before, Park Lawn Corporation, not to be confused with Park Lawn Fuels, uh, which I know Braden has confused before. Uh, Selling me uh, out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I mean, obviously, so they own uh, funeral homes, they own cremation services, so an essential business. If some of you are kind of afraid of potentially COVID coming back or uh, some businesses uh, having to close up shop again, uh, this is obviously one that will be able to thrive in that kind of environment. Pays a, a nice little dividend of about 2%. It's a monthly dividend. They've been increasing revenue. Um Still pretty expensive in traditional metrics, but they're growing their cash flow pretty quickly. Um, so that is something that I own in my portfolio. Interesting pick, one that I have looked at extensively, never purchased, but uh, you know, as uh, strange of an industry it is, uh, it's a pretty good one too. And they have been uh, making tons of acquisitions. It's a growth by acquisition story. And management is definitely know what they definitely know what they're doing. So um, I like to pick. All right. Next one Roper Technologies. Roper is a diversified technology holding company that buys niche software or hardware companies like niche one, two in the industry and they they buy they buy they have a certain criteria of buying companies they buy cash flow producing software recurring revenue or very very niche hardware systems and it's been an incredible performer very well run company very disciplined acquirers 
and uh, they own over 40 companies. And I think these kinds of companies are very interesting, these, these, these growth by acquisition companies that are able to buy these recurring revenue companies, cash flow positive, at reasonable valuations, let the founders either do an exit or partial exit, find new talent, and these usually these founders are trying to exit, want to do something else, they're bored, whatever, but they've built incredible businesses, and they keep the culture and let the organic growth continue, and uh, wow, it's just been a very, very well-run company. All right. Uh, next one, Bombardier Recreational Products, ticker do, D-O-O, I think for the Sea-Do brand. And uh, Sea-Do brand is absolutely crushing it. They cannot keep up with demand right now from COVID. Uh, they are building huge backlogs. Their other big ones, Skidoo, for the, the winter. So we're talking about recreational fun toys and in this environment, you might be thinking, oh, recessionary environment, who has money for toys? Well, clearly lots of people have money for toys when they're having to do more staycationing than they expected. This company has done really, really well in the last two, three years by building inexpensive, fun toys that are reliable and uh, with their tricks and spark models and Sea-Doo. And wow. It's been a huge, all of a sudden, massive increase in growth for uh, you know 2018, 2019, exceeding 15% revenue growth from a business that was just kind of growing mediumly slow. So I think it's a very good environment for do, and uh, I do like this pick. Simon, that is the end of the TCI index for now. 27 companies. We're going to back test it. We're going to see how it does in the future. And uh, all kinds of interesting names here. I am very interested to see how it does against the index. So Simon, we we have no, uh, you know, it, it doesn't matter for us. Like we, we didn't, we didn't pick a lot, most of these stocks. So do you think this will under overperform the S and P over the next few years. <laughs> what is your gut? Tell me your uh, gut. I mean, it's uh, it's pretty well diversified, so I'm gonna say it's probably gonna be. I'll, I'll go on par with the S and P 500, and uh, it will slightly outperform the S and P TSX. That's what I'm predicting. My hot take. Yeah, my hot take is that. It will outperform because there's lots of really, really good names in here. And then some, you know, kind of staples in there as well, like CN Rail and CHD being very, like, uh, very good, like, recession-proof type businesses. And then some of them are just, like, extremely, extremely high growth, a lot of potential stocks. So my bold prediction is that it will outperform but there's going to be one or two companies that are the ones that take almost all of that performance. Like there's going to be a couple, one or two companies here that carry this whole index on its back, which is fine. 
I believe that investors need to understand that a lot of their huge returns over their lifetime will come from just a few companies. And that's okay. There's going to be ones that massively outperform. And that's kind of the whole idea of all of this. So that's my prediction. There's going to be one or two that really, really crush it. All right, guys, that wraps up this episode. We have announced the TCI index. I'm very excited for what the kinds of returns are going to be looking like in the in the future. And uh, we've given our take on lots of them, some of them household names, some of them not. It should be very, very interesting. What we've seen in the stock market lately is uh, what I've been telling people, a somewhat divorce of reality. But uh, that, that happens for long periods of time. So the takeaway is buy high-quality companies for the long term and stick to the plan. Listen to the Canadian Investor Podcast. We will see you next week. Happy investing. The Canadian Investor is not to be taken as investment advice. Braden or Simon may own securities mentioned on this podcast. Always make sure to do your own research and due diligence before making investment decisions. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Canadian Investor. To get a list of the top Canadian dividend stocks right now and other valuable investing resources, go to GetStockMarket.com.